This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to the first Agenda Podcast of 2022 on the Blood Red Channel. We've got a triple treat for you today with myself, Patrick Smith, being joined by Matt Addison and Joe Rimmer. How are we doing, fellas? Yeah, we're well, well, the topic of everyone's lips today and the brunt of this podcast will be Navi Keita after Spanish news outlet El Macanal reported that Barcelona are in pole position to sign him. So we're going to be talking about Navi today and whether he should remain a Liverpool player or whether it is time to move him on. So Matt, I'll start with you. We've seen some interest from Barcelona today in Liverpool's number eight. How serious is this story? I think it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? We obviously don't know quite how reliable these reports are coming out of Spain, but I do think it it says a lot that the clubs that have been listed, you know, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Milan, there's there's some big teams in there. You can kind of see why there might be that interest. And I think it's particularly important for, for Liverpool in terms of obviously, you know, taking whether the, the links are, are correct or, or how genuine the, the interest is from these teams out of it. I think it's coming to a point and it has been coming to a point now for a good number of months where a decision has to be made one way or the other with Naby Keita, obviously 18 months left on his contract. There's still, you know, a fair few question marks about him. I think by the summer, Liverpool are going to have a good idea of what they want to do with him. Obviously, it could be that he gets a new contract and he stays here at Liverpool. It could be that he moves on. It could be that they let him go on a free in 18 months' time. But it's coming to a point now where he's been here long enough that you can kind of make up a bit of a decision. I think it's it's really tricky, actually, as we'll, we'll come to, to, to kind of work out what they should do with him. But it is coming to that point, I think, where a decision one way or the other is imminent and it could go either way. Well, Joe, from the moment he signed, you know, he's divided opinion. No one really seems to know what to do with Naby Keita. What do you think should be done with him? And, you know, what do you think will be done with him by the club? I have a feeling he'll stay. You know, I think I think he's the type of player that, and look, I mean, Matt's just alluded to this. If you think about the clubs that have been linked with him today, you know, Barcelona, Bayern Munich being the sort of two headline ones, but was it Roma and, um, and AC Milan, a couple of the others, and a, and a very good uh, West Ham side. I think that speaks volumes about what people think about Naby Keita on the whole, you know, that there is still optimism that, that is able to fulfil his potential. Um, and I think Liverpool share that optimism. Um, I do think, they'll, like Matt's just said, they've got a decision to make in terms of his contract. It is running down. Um, but I still suspect that Klopp, at some point, you know, believes that Naby Keita will, will come through and start showing his, his true potential at Liverpool. It is a frustration because, look, you know, the... the his time at Liverpool so far, um, you know, for me, he was spent fifty-two million was spent on him. That wasn't spent for him to be an option or a, or a player in in a rotation, you know. And, and he's never really come through and, and grasped one of the midfield bursts and stayed there, has he? You know, he, he always mm. seems to be the the one that you might change. You might move around with Oxide Chamberlain, but you know, with Liverpool playing with more advanced midfielders this season. I think he should have been the focal point, but he hasn't been. And he hasn't been mainly because he's got an injury record that he just cannot stay fit uh, for long enough. So it's a difficult one. You know, I, I think Liverpool would probably like to keep him, but I do wonder if someone came in with a, a lot of money, whether that would be enough to change their mind. But I suspect they'll try and get him to stay put. I think the problem is, Joe, much like the rest of midfield, Naby has had this injury problem, you know, lingering over his Liverpool career. Are we in a position where we can afford to let midfielder go? Absolutely not right now, um, certainly not in January, whether that changes in the summer, whether they decide to invest in that department. Look, I mean, 
I think I've said on, on many Blood Red podcasts this season, it's been a big bugbear of mine. You know, I was chatting to, to Gorsi the other day and he, he thinks they should have bought a forward, but I'm still adamant um, that they should have bought midfielder. I don't think letting Genie Wijnaldum go on a free when his main asset was that he was never injured. He was consistent. He was always available. And Liverpool have been left with a, a number of midfielders who, you know, who aren't who aren't readily available. And, and we know from experience that, and this isn't a knock on them, but Jordan Henderson, James Milner, Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, um, Thiago Alcantara, all are players who pick up a lot of injuries throughout the season for varying reasons, you know, some, some a little bit older, others, you know, have just seemed to be to be injury prone and Liverpool need consistency in that department. And it hasn't happened this season. And obviously when you add in, I think their thinking was we've got Harvey Elliott, so we can let a player leave. But when you add in a big injury, like Liverpool have suffered um, mm. to Harvey Elliott, it's just left them short. And I, and I think for a club who happily allows people to say and think that they plan so far ahead, they clearly haven't planned this one out too well. Um, and I think they've been left short in that department. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think Liverpool can allow a midfielder to leave in January, certainly not. Um, but maybe that might be an area they might decide to overhaul in the summer. Matt, what do you think would be best for Navi? You know, do you reckon he should stay at Liverpool and try and, you know, he's been all right this season. He's probably had one of his better seasons in the red shirt. Or do you think it would be better for him to move on to say, you know, Xavi's rebuild at Barcelona or maybe reunite with Nagelsmann at Bayern Munich? Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? I think there is a pretty good argument, I think, to say that maybe in Spain, it's maybe not quite as intense as the Premier League. Maybe that would suit him in terms of, of getting him on the pitch as much as possible. Mm. But I don't know whether for, for Barcelona, it would be the most sensible thing to have another transfer gamble on, on a midfielder like that. I think there's maybe more sensible signings for, for them to go and take. But I don't know. It's it, it's really, really strange. I think you can kind of look at it in two ways from, from a Liverpool perspective in terms of, obviously... There's the potential for him to go to Bayern Munich, for example, and become the player that he was at Leipzig again, back in a, a league that he's already proven himself in. But I think, I don't know, I think for, for his career, it's it's a really tricky one as well, because if he was to go back and, and go to one of these clubs, it's a similar position to Liverpool, where he wouldn't necessarily be a guaranteed starter. There's still other players that he'd have to compete with. So... I don't know. I think possibly a move to Italy, to, to Milan could work, but then it is it is a bit of a step down. He might just think that he's quite happy being at Liverpool. He's quite happy to, to be a squad player and, and come in now and again. So it, it's kind of up to him in that regard in terms of, of what he wants. But for Liverpool, I think there's, there's a big decision in terms of, of the reliability. But there's a big decision, as, as Joe says, on two, three, four of those midfielders. You can't lose them all and, and replace them all in one summer. So I think it'll probably just be a case of is it him that, that goes this summer? Is it maybe Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? Is it one of the others? I don't think they'll be losing more than one of those midfielders because they just can't really afford to. So in some respects, I think Naby Keita's future is is kind of with one hand tied behind his back. I don't think there'll be a great deal of, of choice about it. It'll be a case of, of what suits Liverpool the best come the summer. It certainly won't be in January. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. We've alluded to it there, Matt, and Joe touched on it as well. You know, what is going to happen with the midfield? Because, you know, you could see a number of players, Kato, Oxlade, Chamberlain, all go out. Who would you like to replace them with? And, you know, what do you reckon is going to happen in the next, let's say, 12 months in the transfer market? Yeah, I mean, I said last summer that I thought that a midfielder should be signed. And the fact that they didn't do that sort of said to me that they should probably go and get two next summer. 
that was, you know, even without really thinking about what might happen with someone like Milner, what might happen with Oxlade Chamberlain and Cater's contract. So I think there's there's got to be a, a refresh in that area of the pitch. I think there's there's got to be another player that can play in the holding midfield position a lot sort of better than than the backup options that Liverpool have. I don't think it's been particularly fair on, on someone like Tyler Morton. I think he's he's a brilliant talent. He's he's a great kid, but to, to mm. put him in against Tottenham, I don't think was particularly beneficial for, for Liverpool or for, for his development, to be honest. So I think that would be one that, that I would look at in terms of someone who can play as a number six, but as a number eight as well. And I think there's, there's just a, a bit of an opportunity for Liverpool to maybe go and, and get two players in that position one that can play a couple of different positions, one that's maybe a little bit more reliable, a little bit more versatile than, than someone like Cater. I think there's there's an opportunity to kind of mould it and reshape it a little bit. And I think that the fact that there's obviously Chamberlain and Cater's contracts coming down gives them that chance. It gives them the mm. opportunity to move those players on if they want to. But I don't know. It's it's going to be tricky to, to work out. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with James Milner either. I mean, does he stick about for, for another season? I just think it's, it's one of those where it will come down to probably one or two of them might leave, one or two might come in, but predicting who it is out of, of two, three, four players is is pretty difficult. Well, you mentioned James Milner there. Happy birthday to the man himself today. But Joe, what do you think Milner's future is going to be after this season in Liverpool? That is a, it's a really hard question to answer. I was just thinking about that as Matt was, mm. was speaking then. And, you know, I suspect that he might stay on for another year. You know, I think... It would be sort of one of them where Liverpool almost let him make the decision himself each summer and say, you know, do you think you've got the legs for another year? I think Klopp will find uses from him for, and yeah. whether that's enough, whether that's playing time or certainly just being someone around the squad with experience, you know, like, look, it's invaluable for, for someone like, you know, Harvey Elliott to have a James Milner around, isn't it? You know, with the things he's done in the game. So, mm. um, so it's, it's, it's really difficult. You know, I, I wonder whether, I don't know. James Miller hasn't spoken openly, has he, about perhaps going into coaching or anything like that. Um, but whether, you know, if you're James Miller, you probably, if you do have that ambition, you want to stick around and keep your eyes on Klopp for as long as possible, don't you, and learn from the best. So There was a few um, photos of him on the top line with the under-18s, yeah. I think, wasn't it? The 21s yeah. as well, maybe. Yeah. It, and, and I think that underlines what an influence he is, not just in the first-team squad, but the whole club. So I suspect Liverpool will almost cede to him and say, you know, you you make the decision if you want to stick around for another year. I think Liverpool and James Milner are sensible, sensible enough to make that work. Well, Matt, as well, there's been a lot of rumours recently of players being linked with Liverpool in the you know January transfer market rumour mill. Is there anyone particularly like to see us bring in? A few names to mention, Denis Zakaria and Marcelo Brozovic with contracts expiring? I don't expect them to do anything in January, to be honest. I think it's it's one of those that if they were going to do it, they would have done it in the summer. I know a lot of people have spoken about AFCON and needing you know extra players for, for mm. backup for Salah and Mane. But again, it's not like it's it's come as a surprise to them. If if they wanted those players, they would have done it in the summer. So I wouldn't expect anyone to, to come in. I think that there are there are names out there that they could go and get. It's it's more a case of of waiting really for, for that right player to be available. I think that's basically what happened last summer with the two kind of panic buys almost at centre-back is they brought those players in because they couldn't get Ibrahim Akonate. They waited to the summer and, and got him. So I think if, if something came up that they were looking at for the summer and 
by some miracle it, it just happened to be possible this month they'd obviously go and, and do that but otherwise you'd expect them just to, to be sensible really and, and hold out and, and wait for the summer but yeah I, I think there's there's certainly names out there that that you'd look at and, and think could be possibilities I know there was was links with plenty of, of midfielders last summer so it's a big decision to make. I keep going to, to Florian Neuhaus. I think he was was one last summer that, that Liverpool could have done. I think mm. there'll be teams in for him next summer as well. But for me, he was was one that is is a lot more reliable. He can play a couple of different positions. He's played in a similar system to, to what Liverpool have. I think it would have made sense to do one midfielder last summer and one next summer rather than trying to all do it in one go. But, but that's the, the path that Liverpool have taken. So I'd expect them to, to stick to that until the, the end of this season. Joe, how about yourself? Is there only you've got a hopeful eye on the Liverpool transfer list? Look, I don't say this from um, you know because I've had any tips or before anyone gets the brackets <laughs> out, but but I, but I genuinely think that if Liverpool can get can make a deal work for Jude Bellingham, that they would do it. Um, I think you know from what we've heard, there's there's a lot of admiration there. They like him. Um, it's not a rumor that people within the club has, have completely shut down. Um, and they do shut down rumours when they when they don't feel like they're, they're players that they want or whether they feel when they feel like they're being linked slightly unfairly. So I do think that they like him. And I think if Dortmund were willing to sell, which could be the, the deal breaker, um they would they would perhaps try and get a deal done for him. And and like Matt's just mentioned before, he sort of solves a number of issues in midfield. He's he's young, he's English, um, and he's someone that you know that they can plan for the next number of years with someone like him in midfield and if you think about it if you have having people like Henderson Milner Oxide Chamberlain all getting older or leaving on freeze mm. you know it feels like a good succession plan to have someone like like Bellingham and I do think for Liverpool you know that I think when they're convinced of someone they'll pay the money and if it's a hundred odd million I suspect Liverpool having not spent that much in the last few windows will pay that money um, for one big player if they think he's worth it so I really do have a little feeling about Bellingham and wonder whether if Liverpool can get that deal set up, um, whether they do it. But if Dortmund don't want to sell this summer, then I do think they're going to need a midfielder. So whether they then turn their attentions to someone else or, or try and keep Bellingham on ice, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's my sneaky feeling. Yeah, it'd be the absolute dream signing Bellingham, wouldn't he? I'm going to yeah. move away from the midfield, Matt. Another player who we're linked with almost every window is Usman Dembele of Barcelona. Could we see him come the other way as Navigator moves to the new camp? That's that's a really interesting one, isn't it? I mean, he's he's been linked with Liverpool for for so long, and I think he is he is a good player. But again, it's it's that case of his injury record is horrendous. He's not particularly consistent. He's one of those players that I, I just I'd never ever thought that it could happen. I know there was there was some rumours in Spain uh, a couple of days ago that I've written about in terms of him potentially being available ridiculously cheap, something like seven or eight million. Um, just because obviously Barca have, have signed Ferran Torres, they need the, yeah. the money off that wage bill to be able to, to register him. They're obviously confident of, of moving someone on. It could well be him. But I think there's, there's probably an argument at seven or eight million to just have a go at it and, and have a bit of a gamble on it. But whether Liverpool would, would actually you know end up doing that, I, I don't know. I think that the kind of argument that I was making in the, the piece that I wrote was that he could almost be like a, a bit of a, a Shakiri type thing where it's it's just so cheap so easy it's it's low risk you bring him in if it doesn't work it doesn't work you can move him on but Liverpool don't tend I know obviously they did with Shakiri, but they don't tend to think that that sort of way it tends to be the perfect player or no one I'd personally be tempted to go for it at that price if indeed that is true but 
yeah, I, I can't imagine that that would happen. Well, I'm going to end the show with a quick fire question to both of you. I'll start with you, Joe. Simple one. Naby Keita, keep or sell? Uh, can I, can I, I know it's meant to be a quick fire question. I'm just, I, I don't mean this in a, I, I'm not worried either way. Matt, I'm not worried either way. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I, I've written something on him today, which is, is going out in a couple of hours, which basically says I'm torn every five minutes. I change my mind and, and that's pretty much the problem, isn't it? So yeah, I think when you've got a player that's that divisive that you're not sure about, and then you are sure about, and you're not sure about, maybe that says enough on its own that if a big enough offer comes in, possibly, I know that the reports in Spain say 25 million would, would see Liverpool cash in. And I think, if you put £25 million on the table for me, I'd struggle to turn that down. Yeah, I think that's the problem Liverpool fan faces on this topic. You know, no one knows what they think. But if there's a replacement ready, I think personally, I'd see him go if the money's there. But, you know, we all have Naby and maybe we'd like to see him stay. But that's what we've got time for today. Thank you, Joe and Matt, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for watching and listening along. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Agenda. But for now, it's goodbye. You've been listening to The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.